Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. You're listening to episode 33. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and joining me is Rick Arroyo. Uh, we've got a very cool podcast for you guys on this episode here. We've got three of our students who have been able to work on a very unique and cool project that we're going to get to talk with them about. We've got Chris Figgett. Ryan Haynes and Peter Thornycroft joining us, all students from our very own Mr. Rick Arroyo. Rick, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, and uh, I just want to say happy holidays to everyone out there. It's our last podcast of the year, right? Yes, and we're actually getting ready to finish up another successful term here at iAnimate, our fall block for 2014. Uh, So congratulations to all the students for their hard work and to our instructors as well. We recently put out our feature creatures and games show reels. And I think a lot of that work speaks for itself on the dedication that our students and instructors have had. So kudos to you guys. And that means that come January, we're starting a new term here. So uh, we're currently taking enrollment. So check out our website for all the information and how to apply. Rick, what news you got? Yes, we got some huge news. Jason, Kent, Dave, and I sat down, and we wanted to do something special for the students and those who are investing in their future. So we got creative. We made some improvements with the workshop by bringing them to 11 weeks and dropping the price to $16.98, which has huge benefits. And uh, for those who are focused on really learning and uh, want to get in industry, um, now you can finish the program much faster and get alumni status, which is simply amazing. Absolutely. You know, we've been doing this since about, I think, 2010. And so we've had a lot of opportunity to kind of really streamline our our workshop. So basically, we're moving from a three term a year session to four terms a year and to an 11 week versus a 14 week workshop. So we've also accommodated the price tag for it. So now it's not only shorter, but more affordable. And like I mentioned, since we've been doing this for a bit here, we've been able to streamline this. And so it won't even compromise the quality of the education that iAnimate's been known for. So this is very exciting for us and for our students. Like I like to mention to my students, it's really important to stay ahead of the competition, keep up with industry, and be valuable to the studios. You know, invest in your career and yourself, and uh, really be the person that stands out. Show that dedication and, um, and that passion that you have for your art. That sounds great. All right, enough with the intros. Let's pull these guys on. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Chris. How you doing? Good, man. How's it going? Good to talk to you. You too. Uh, trying to pull oh, these other guys here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let me know when everybody's here. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks. How are you? Very good. Now, Peter, where are you, at? Where are you from now? Uh, originally from the UK, but I'm living in New Zealand at the moment. Okay. All right. And Peter, how do you, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, uh, Thornycroft. Thornycroft. Okay. Oh, Thornycroft. Yeah. Oh. That's how I thought it was pronounced, but I, I was corrected <laughs> from Rick. And... Yeah, yeah, I didn't know why. I said, don't pronounce that. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Who are we missing? We're missing Ryan. Yeah. How come he's not coming? You are kind of mean to him sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Who, me? He and I were discussing how, you know, it's going to start off as like this friendly podcast and turn into group therapy for Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> he just breaks down crying. <laughs> there he is. Ryan. There be. All right. All right. There. Larry, you got my last name okay? Yeah. Figat? Figat. Figat. Okay. I was corrected from Rick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> taking all the blame tonight. I love it. I have gotten it every which way, so it's all good. So group therapy. That's that's tonight's podcast. <laughs> Ryan, we were just talking how it's going to turn into a group therapy session for you. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the shadow of death is pretty rough on you, huh? 
Uh, yeah, for the stories, right? <laughs> I, have, I have not, so we might have to pull these in for the podcast. Oh, I'm nervous now. <laughs> I got, I got, I got my nice guy image to keep, guys. Come on. Yeah, they get it's to spill nice the beans now. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear Ryan screaming sometimes from the other side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right, guys. Well, let's jump into this. Um, tell you what, I'm looking at the Skype group here, so I'm going to go in my order that I can see you guys. Uh, we've got Chris, Peter, and Ryan here. So, Chris, why don't you introduce yourself, give us a quick rundown, and maybe how you came across iAnimate. Uh, sure. I'm a uh, graphic designer currently uh, from Houston, Texas. And uh, I started with iAnimate actually uh, about two, three years ago. I took a few of the feature classes to start with, and then uh, the games division was starting up. And uh, what they were doing seemed really interesting, just something different that I wasn't seeing other schools doing at that point. And I uh, thought I'd give it a shot and got to work with Rick on this project, and I've taken a class with him as well. And uh, it's been really interesting, a lot of fun. Very cool. Peter, how did you come across iAnimate? Um, well, I'm, I'm originally from the UK, living in New Zealand, working at um, a game studio called Grinding Gears. And it was a few years ago I was looking at, after I came out of uni, I was struggling getting like jobs at uh, the studios I wanted to go to so I was looking for like more more training and I was following all the courses and I was just seeing the stuff out of I animate was just the best really out of all the other um, all the other um, online schools so yeah I just signed up for the workshop one and yeah it's been awesome ever since Ryan how about you big guy uh, for me I actually grew up here in Buffalo New York and uh, I came across I animate about two three years ago uh, like Chris, I also was actually with him in some of his classes, but joined the feature first, and I saw a lot of great things or heard great things from the uh, the game section for iAnimate, and once it became live, I was like, I have to join this and be a part of this experience, and from there, I had a chance to be a part of Rick's class, and from there, it's been nothing but joy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I've heard. That's not what I've heard. <laughs> well, we're stressing the joy part. <laughs> <laughs> now, so are you currently working in the industry right now, or is that something you're looking to get into? That is definitely something I'm looking to get into. Awesome, which is why you're here. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Rick, why don't you give us a, a rundown about Project Loon, and we can kind of pull in these guys and see how they are a part of it and how they came to be useful in it. Yeah, so Project Loon, when we first started, was really to create a test level for our students that they could put their animations into an engine and, and test their animations out. And it slowly kind of just grew into this project where, you know, it wasn't just, you know, putting a run cycle. It was like, let's put in the runs, the run, walk, jump, uh, attacks, hit reactions, death. And it it almost feels like a game. And uh, we gave that um, to our students who are in the game workshop. Um, if they have enough time, they could put, put all those animations together and create a test level that they can use in as a interactive portfolio, as I like to say it, or an interactive demo reel, and show their work playing in game, really have create that experience. And what I wanted to do is kind of work with the students and and see how how they really you know held up to you know working in that kind of uh, studio environment. Obviously, it's done online, but the expectations were no different than from a studios. And so we decided to do Project Loon, and uh, it was a small group of students um, that participated to help build it and create what Loon is right now. So if you wanted to go online and use right projectloon.com, 
you will see the work that these students uh, have created. Not only can they see it, they can actually hook up a controller and play it. Exactly, and they can do that anywhere in the world. And they, you know, even these guys, they can take that their work they did and present it to you know a director from anywhere. You know, it's like here's my demo reel, but here's also the work I've done online. It's it's a, a project I did. And it mimics exactly like a studio, so the the director can play their animations and test it out and see how how responsive it is. That's nice. Now I'm kind of looking at it from maybe say Ryan and Chris's perspective, who you guys are now trying to get into the industry, and sometimes it's kind of difficult where maybe companies will say, well, we want someone with some experience. This kind of gives you a bit of an edge, so to speak, I would think, because now you've had you can say that you have some experience and you can actually now show someone that. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the fact that we've had a chance to work on a project that, um, as opposed to, say, a class assignment, you know, with iAnimate or anywhere else, where you've got a defined objective, but it's just sort of do a run, do a walk, do an attack. Whereas with this, we are working together to uh, create this cohesive system of movements for one character that had to all work together. So my animations had to work with Ryan's, had to work with Pete's. So much more than just a one-off assignment, we really learned kind of, you know, working on a project very similar, like Rick said, to a studio setting. Now, so now you said you had to work with each other's animations. Can you explain maybe how that kind of works? Sure. Well, you know, in this we've got um, – our character Lisa has pretty much a full set of movements. Um, she can run. She can walk. She can climb. She can dodge. She can shoot. She can attack. She can do lots of other things. And so, you know, with each of us doing uh, different animations, stylistically, we had to both hit movements that worked together that looked like they were the same character – as well as uh, that achieved Rick's vision, you know, what he saw in the character, how he wanted her to move. So, you know, I did a walk cycle, Pete did a run cycle. Those have to look like they're coming from the same character and they're, you know, the same attitude, the same motivation, that sort of thing. Now, how did that work? Maybe, Ryan, I'll direct this one to you, working online. It was definitely a challenging process, but at the same time was well rewarding. It's dynamic as we, because we live in different areas of the world, we can collaborate in different time zones and figure out the vision for this project based on what Rick has in mind for this character and this world. And through that, we were able to dynamically create this vision and bring it to life, and it's, it's incredible. Now, Peter, how about from you, from your standpoint? Now, you're, you're currently working in the industry. How did this project maybe enhance what you were trying to look for in why you actually came to iAnimate? Um, well, for me, um, like the project I work at the moment is, is – uh, we don't have as um, a, device, a diverse animation set um, for each of the characters. It's, it's like a, a run, walk, um, an attack and a hit. No combinations or any jumps or anything. So to get an opportunity to, to actually work on that kind of stuff with um, like a seasoned veteran of the games industry like Rick is was just was really, really great for me. Great, great experience for all of us. Um, and, yeah, just learned a great deal, both technically about animation and how like getting the theory from the course and putting into practice. Um, it was great, yeah. Have you gotten any feedback from your employers in regards to your skill level? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's drastically improved. I've noticed quite a few <laughs> I noticed quite, quite a few more comments from my director saying, oh, that animation is one of the best you've done so far in the last, like, in the last few months. So that's been really good. <laughs> that's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So not only helps with the job security, but, you know, opens other opportunities, yeah. huh? Definitely, definitely. It's been great, really good. Now, Rick, what is the importance from for these guys' standpoint having the ability to pull their animation into a game engine? Uh, to me, it's it's vital. 
to to be able to showcase your abilities as an artist uh, artistically and technically, uh, especially in in the in the gaming field. Because like we mentioned other podcasts, you're not just an animator; you're a game developer. Uh, you you partially think about design and how that affects you know gameplay and the responsiveness and um, for these guys, that was I think was one of uh, a big learning curve. There was a lot to learn to because you learn it um, during class, but when you do it, it it, it takes on a, a new a whole new feel. And um, I wanted to make sure that these guys were able to, you know, not just do the talk but do the walk. You know, it's like I said, okay, guys, this is what I want. You guys need to make this character feel dynamic, feel pretty much just feel cool. Everyone's going to look at your animation. The world's going to look at your animation, and you want it to, to showcase your, your talent. And I literally, I think I used the word cool. Just make her look cool. I want a cool idol and a cool run and a cool walk. Go out. I'll see you guys next week and present me something. Because in the studio, you don't, it's not like I'm going to sit there and, and, you know, watch every animator what they do. It's really, they have something to do, and they're supposed to bring, and that's why they're hired to bring their talent to the table. And that's what uh, these guys did. They brought talent to the table, and and at the same time, you know, learning. It was a, I think, it was a, a great learning experience for everyone. Right. Now, Ryan, what were some of the biggest hurdles that you kind of came across coming from maybe standard animation to now action bringing into a game engine? What did you? What were some of the hurdles you came across right away or found out that was kind of unexpected for you? I would say uh, getting things. Uh, cohesive in reference to the vision that the project was, was meant to be or some of the biggest challenges, making sure that what I brought to the table aligned with everyone else's shots, making sure that I got the feedback and was able to contribute and add to my shot to make sure that it matched what was needed um, were some of the biggest challenges I had during the I was able to overcome those, thankfully with the collaboration and support of uh, these guys here. <laughs> Is that some of the, the group therapy they were mentioning earlier on? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Chris, what about you? What were some of the biggest hurdles that you kind of came across? Because you mentioned you did some of the feature stuff, which is different. So what were some of the things that you were maybe unexpected in this project? Uh, I think one of the big things is um, we really started to understand, at least I did, um, how responsive something needs to be. You know, in feature animation, you've got anticipation, then you've got an action. And in a game, you've got very little, if any, anticipation because, you know, when a player presses the punch button, their character has to punch. If their character anticipates and then punches, they just got hit and they're mad they didn't punch in time. <laughs> so you've really got to kind of work with that. And that was a lot of trial and error the first, you know, few weeks especially, just putting things in the engine and seeing, oh, that's really, really slow. Mm. You know, that's not moving like it should be. And uh, after a while, we got a better feel for that and started to shorten up on certain frames, certain things, and you get a much better understanding of how that's going to respond to the controller. And uh, being able to play it yourself is actually both really cool, just to be able to see what I did running around on screen, as well as getting an understanding for how that all works. Nice. So does that kind of give you uh, an ability to kind of anticipate when you're doing your animations, knowing how it's going to play in the engine? Definitely. You know, you get a better feel for when something can anticipate, when something can't anticipate, what has to be a really short action, what can take more time. Right, right. Know? Yeah, I was talking with my brother here recently, and he's working on a game, Insomniac's next game, and uh, I guess he got some comments that it was a little bit too 
too snappy, but he felt like, hey, I'm going to wait until it gets into the game engine and then get their input because I know once it gets in there, it's going to look a little bit different. Yeah, it's a completely different animal. Which kind of goes back to the original question, Rick, right, where this is why it's important to be able to be able to put your animations into into a game engine and, and see how that feels versus just maybe in Maya or 3D Studio Max. Absolutely. People... I think studios will also appreciate. So when you know a student comes and says, "Look, I I did these cool animations that I animate," already they say, "Okay, you know, you did I animate. Uh, this is great work." <laughs> but then they're able to show says, "Here, I also participated and I and I I used you know Loon and I created animations and I put it in an engine. Here are my animations. You can test it out." A lot of the the directors and and those who are hiring will appreciate that experience and that knowledge that they have and they can use immediately. So, you know, it's it's less work for them to to train an animator that already has that understanding that hey, I have to make animations, I have to test it in game, and it has to work with everyone's animations. So that was that was really important. Yeah, Peter, what about you? What were some of the hurdles that kind of came across for you for a first time? Well, it was it, it was really getting stuff to work in the game, like the jump animations and things where, where your animations get broken up into sections. And I think it was like some of the technical difficulties there, overcoming them were just actually got me really, really got me excited about more of the technical solving and problem solving and ended up really get, getting interested in that as well. How um, so? What do you mean the technical solution? Um, like having a look at why... So, so, for example, when you have your jump animation, you, you do like... Um, a jump start, then you'll have a looping animation in the middle, and then you'll have the um, the landing animation. Um, getting those to work so they look how you created them in Maya, mm. and then getting them to look the same in the game um, can be quite a technical difficulty at first. But overcoming those um, was was really really rewarding, and actually just made me want to try and make sure that everything was as polished as I could get it. Nice. Um, and that anything that was was slightly difficult, you knew that you could you could get the answer really so now you were saying that the animations get broken up from maya and when it's in the game engine so that way you have the ability to branch off is that how it works yeah yeah exactly so um for example like for for the jump for example if you if you um when you make the animation you'll have them jump like a couple of u- units say in the air um but in the game you could be jumping off off from anywhere so you need a and you need it to be able to branch off so they can deal with any any outcome uh. Now, Rick, you've mentioned, we've had other people mention in the past podcast about a game developer versus just an animator. Um, so I'm going to go through kind of the line here as well. Uh, Ryan, how did that transition from an animator to learning to be a game developer uh, work for you? How would you define a game developer now for you? One thing that Rick had taught us when we were doing our classes is that player is always king. And you don't really grasp that until you start doing something like this, mm. where you have to really take the take multiple iterations on a project or on the animation and make sure that it the gameplay feels right. It doesn't have to look it doesn't have to like a look a certain way. It has to feel right. It has to be responsive, it has to be fast and it has to be accurate for the player. So if something happens like what well, someone mentioned earlier in reference to being anticipation, like Chris said for anticipation, if it happens and it happens too late and the player is like, what happened? Mm. Well you have to really be responsible for that and take ownership for that. And make sure that it's correct. So that's one thing I can definitely understand the drastic difference between game design and being just an animator. There's a lot more involved that you have to take in consideration for all those facets from just the animation to the environment to everything that goes along cohesive, even the engine itself and how that the, the, the biggest part 
of everything that goes into the game in reference to the player as well. Mm. Chris, what about you? I think a lot of it is just the application, you know, moving from the how to the why. You know, in our classes before, we've learned the how. We've learned how to create a jump, how to create a run cycle, how to create a walk cycle. And now it's like, okay, now why is that animation work happening right now? How is it being used? You know, and it's the application of it with the player and in the game. And it's uh, thinking of it from the player's perspective, too. That it's not only, you know, what looks cool or what you like, but, okay, does it work for the situation in the game? Um, I know, like, Ryan, for example, had one really cool spinning dodge animation that we all thought was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> he ended up pulling it out. It was great. And we need to, like, put a special features or something. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we went through it, and Rick had people testing the game. He's like, you know, I think we're going to have to pull it out because, you know, it just doesn't quite work. People don't quite get it. And we were all disappointed because it looks so cool. <laughs> but it's one of those things where, you know, it, it may look great and it's really cool, but if it didn't work with the overall vision of the game, then it doesn't do what it has to do. You have to pull it, huh? Yeah, I want to say something really quick. And I think it, it's it's having that real experience, like, and that's what happens in the studio. Like, you get animations that go in game, and then they literally, you know, towards the end or somewhere during production, your animations gets changed or they get pulled out completely. And that and that type of experience, you know, it happened. You know, we I send out the uh, project loon to uh, a few buddies and and directors and I and and some of our instructors, and I said, test it out and. We were emotionally attached to that move, to the dodge move. And I even thought, I was like, I think it was really cool. I just thought it was a great idea. The guys brought up a really cool idea. I was like, let's go with it. And But when it got play tested, you know, people tried out. They, the comment was, I didn't really get that part, you know. And that's what happens in, in, in the real world. And uh, in that type of experience, you don't, you, you don't just get that. You don't get that often. And, I, and to have, give that to these guys was, was great, so. Even though it was, it kind of sucks that. <laughs> so this goes back to the group therapy we're talking about here. This is, this is all making sense to me now. I'm getting it. Full circle, full circle. <laughs> and Rick, kind of related to what you just said too. I think each of us had at least one shot that we started that someone else finished, and vice versa. Yeah. So you know, maybe we worked on something for a little while, and it's like you know, I'm, you know, this isn't quite working. I'm not quite getting it. So let's you know, Pete take this shot, and then you do this shot, and then Ryan will do this shot. And uh, I think it was interesting, too, to have that experience where you didn't necessarily start in a shot, but you took it over at some point and then reworked it, and it was your own in the end, and vice versa. Was that difficult, having to set some ego aside? Or was it, hey, this is the project, this is what we're doing, and we're all in this together? I think we all have pretty good attitudes, actually. We all have known each other for a little while. Uh -huh. I've had a few classes with both Pete and Ryan before, and uh, Rick has abused me in class in the past. <laughs> so uh, I, really with this team, we're in a lot of egos. We all got along, and I think we're all just, you know, there's little moments where you're a little bruised, and you just yeah. kind of shake it off, and you're like, all right, and on to the next one. Very cool. It's one-of-a-kind learning. That's, That's what, right. what, what we do at <laughs> it's, it's, uh I always say we want to make you industry ready. You That's know? right. And that's what happens. Sometimes you, you lose a shot. It doesn't matter if it's, a, if it's a film or a game. Sometimes it's just like, you know what? You're casted to do an animation. If it's not working, you might lose animation or you might have to say, look, I don't have time to get to this animation. You might have to give it to one of your colleagues. And, and that is something – that happens, and and it was a call. You're just like, hey, we got to get this done. That is as simple as that. There, it does seem neat, though. There seemed like there was obviously a lot of collaboration in on this project. Um, Peter, was that something that you were pretty used to now working in the studios, or was that something you still had to kind of get used to? Um, I, well, I worked in kids' TV before, 
and I felt like there's a lot of collab. We had a lot of collaboration in, in kids TV more so than mm. have actually in some in um, some of the game studios. But I, I think what helped the collaboration on this as well was actually being in classes with Chris and Ryan also being also going through Rick's Rick's master classes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, it, it, I think it just we've all we've all been bruised, so uh, we all we all bonded together over that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they say bruised, but they've been rebuilt. <laughs> Make him better, faster, that, That's stronger. right. <laughs> they always say a bone's a little bit stronger after it's been broken and, he- yeah, and healed. Exactly. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Go. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's go back to this player is always king. Rick, how'd this come about, this idea? Well, really, if the player cannot have fun when making a game, regardless how wonderful your animation looks, he's not going to want to play your game then your game won't sell and no one, you know, it just won't work. You just, your game has to, people play games because it's fun. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are some games that are, you know, a little bit slower paced and animations have the, the flexibility to be, you know, nicer, if you will, or have more anticipation and so on. But, but really the core is making the game fun. And that is very, very important. And to when you get into the game industry, especially if you're doing, uh, you know, uh, game animations because you could do game animations, you can do scripted events, you could do cinematics. But when you're doing game animations, you have to think of the player, and that's something you know we talk about. You know, sometimes we talk about the audience, and then sometimes we talk about the player. That relationship between those two um, is different. The player can be both, but when the player is playing, he wants to feel as he's the character, mm. an extension really of his of his being. All right, Ryan, what was the most enjoyable part of this project? Well, there were definitely low points and high points. But the <laughs> high point, I think, was coming to realization of just the final stretch and just getting there and, and just seeing the project come to life and working with these guys. It's been a blast. Um, each Everybody contributed so much work and put in so much time into this and I just was happy to be, be a part of it. And that's the biggest uh, moment for me uh, among anything else that I've done so far. Mm, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Chris, what about you? I think for me, it was really actually getting to finally see it come together in this end product. Because, you know, we've all been in classes and done our own little animations, and those are cool. And, I mean, we all get into this because we want to do cool stuff. But actually seeing it as one cohesive thing where, you know, uh, the walk that I did goes into the run that Pete did that goes into the dodge that Ryan did, you know, and it's all like bits and pieces of our work all matched together in one really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Getting all to work together to make the final product, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Peter. Yeah. Same um, question. I'd probably say um, there's that as well, but also like you knew you were doing well when you get a compliment from Rick. Uh, <laughs> I remember, like one day, we all we like some. If it went wrong, like you go, oh no, Rick, Rick's mad. And then then you'd have one day where we all like we just usually uh, the week after <laughs> having a bad one, you just be like, right, okay, we'd all pull it all out, go like go health lever, and then Rick would be like, that's amazing, just not one single problem, like enjoy playing it, and you'd be like, yes, we done, we done well. And that was that was really nice. 
Yeah, yeah, we had that one week where Rick was not happy. No, nope. <laughs> really not happy. <laughs> no matter what we did. <laughs> no, it, it, no, I think... Uh, <laughs> you, you got he the... laughs remembering the week. You see what we're dealing with here. Yeah. Rick's in the hot seat tonight. He's yeah, usually on no. this side with me. Now he's kind of having to get a little bit back. So this is yeah, yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was a one kind of opportunity to put into practice your skills, right? Mm-hmm. And then you realize you were like, you know what? I think the guys are just like taking it too easy. <laughs> and I was like, what's this? And I was like, come on, guys, this is not this is not good. I want I want this is a this is a studio. Like even though we're online, this is a real production. And um, just for those who don't know, Pete became the lead. Of of the team and and I told Pete you gotta you gotta make sure that people deliver and that's part of the that the opportunity you know to get real leadership skill I I just as like a director I just played tests and put my comments and said you guys have to execute and one week I was like where's all the the cool stuff I was expecting it was <laughs> not there I told the guys exactly if like if we're in a studio this is not good. We need to deliver. We're behind schedule. You need to deliver. Pete, make sure everyone delivers. And there was no excuse. It's it's. There's no excuse. It has to happen. And then I just left it like that. I even think I remember. I think I cut class short. <laughs> I was like, it, you know. And if it's like it's like if your director storms off, he's like, what the hell is this? And he just, you know, storms off. It I was, was a virtual kind of, storming off. Yep. And then the following week, Pete, Chris, Ryan, uh, during uh, during that part of the project came and they delivered, and I was I was ecstatic. I was extremely happy, and I was not shy to sh- tell them that you guys, yes, finally you understood the 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 impact your animation has. You know, it was very important that you deliver. You did something amazing. You you went beyond the Call of Duty. Game that we all love, um, you know, and 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 they did a great job. They did a, a fantastic, fantastic job. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm on uh, Project Loon's website here, and it does say director Rick Arroyo, lead animator Peter Thornycroft, animators Chris Figgett, Ryan Haynes, Andrew Tran, Sebastian DeSalt, and Rick Astrafull. Yeah, Astrafull Moment. Okay, all right. So we you had a good team here, a good sized team here working on this. Yeah, we had a team that did, um, you know, just really kind of help build the the infrastructure, like the the placeholder animations, and and uh, help uh, help me figure out, you know, what kind of animations uh, we wanted to get in into Loon, and then the next step the next step was to really to put it into production, and Pete really stepped up to play in that, and and at that point I says, you know what. The way he was working and you know being very organized, I said, "Well, Pete, congratulations! You are now the lead." <laughs> and that's what happens. And but, but that's really what happens in the studio. If you're able to come and by all means, you know, you're just able to just step up to the plate and you start hitting home runs, and and you're building confidence with your director. You know, that's how people get into leadership roles. You know, you can be a very talented animator, and you just might. Be just the go guy for shots, and then you can be a very organized animator. You be the guy who's going to be participating and and deciding who does what in the schedule, and you could be a very technical animator and a great animator as well. And you'll be that guy that that we're going to go to. And each guy became something. Like the whole website, Chris took care of that. Ryan made sure that 
I was happy. The team was good. <laughs> Pete, Pete, make sure that no one got like murdered or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> Virtually, but, yeah, yeah. And even like you know when um, when we're doing the you know the the placeholder, uh, Sebastian, Andrew, and uh, Ashraful really helped a lot to build all the the placeholder animations. Well, those guys, you know, we wouldn't have gotten to where we're at right now. So it was a, it was a team effort. And everyone did, you know, did did great. It was just brilliant. I think it was a great experience. Mm. You know, it's one of those one-time experiences that really, I believe, helps you with your career. Right. And, you know, we've kind of talked about this in previous podcasts where the days of internship are kind of fewer and further between, you know. And with multiple of the divisions within our our program here, I animate whether it be feature or games or creatures, we, we've kind of taken it to a, a a level or a point where it's not only the instruction, but also the training in regards to getting ready for working in the studios. And the, and I've only been on more on the feature side, but this sounds like that's exactly what happened on this side as well. So that's really neat to hear for you guys. Now, you guys have obviously all have something you're currently involved in, whether it be I animate or work as it is now. So now you guys are also doing this in regards to keeping to a schedule, as Rick mentioned. How is that for you guys learning to do that? Because I know that can be one of the things when someone goes to a school or a program, a lot of that, what can be unfinished can kind of keep unfinished, you know, obviously it sounds like Rick didn't allow that here. (laughs) So you're having to keep to a schedule. How is that for you uh, learning that? Uh, well, for me personally, I mean, you know, I've got a nine to five already. So, uh, doing that during the day, then sitting down, having dinner, then sitting at the computer and animating, can be a challenge at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's definitely if nothing else, it helps you push yourself when you've got a project you're working towards mm-hmm. and something you're focused on doing. You know, as opposed to just well, I'll work on some animation and do something. It's like okay, I've got a walk cycle I need to get done by Wednesday. Right. So it's a focused goal you can kind of have to sit down and work on. Peter, what about you? Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's difficult doing because I'll be animating during the day and then animating in the evening. But it's, what is it? It's like ten. They say to become an expert, saying so you have to do t- ten thousand hours. So I was just trying to knock them off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still a long way to go yet. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was difficult. But at the same time, I just knew that every time I was doing it, I was getting better. And um, working with Chris and Ryan. Um, it's just awesome, like being able to bounce ideas, and then each week, all of us presenting what we've done to Rick as the current build and the current state of the game, and then getting reviewed um, was just so valuable from to put what I learned from the iAnimate course actually into practice within like the same kind of iAnimate paradigm. Mm-hmm. It was really good, yeah, really. Useful. Nice. Now, Rick, so some of the instructors, some of the buddies that you know from the studios, they basically became kind of your guys' uh, playtesters, right? That's right. I sent it out to, to our, um, our game instructors, and I sent it out to a few uh, directors in Toronto, um, L.A., and, 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 and around, and really just asked them. I told them, like, hey, this is uh, student work. It's, it's only students that have animated on this. My goal was just to guide them you know, with an idea and really feed off, you know, their ideas. So I said, hey, I want a cool idol. I didn't come up with an idol. I didn't say I want an idol to be a certain way. I just said I wanted a cool idol. They had to be artistic and they had to figure out what does that mean cool. Like sometimes, you know, you work with a director, he might not have the a clearest vision. And I didn't want to say do this. I said, you know, bring bring something cool to the table. And they did it. And I think one thing that was really – I liked what we mentioned is that 
um, you know, this was a perfect environment to to make mistakes and learn. And and yet, when you did make a mistake, you knew there was a price to pay. And it wasn't. <laughs> and it wasn't like it's not like oh, you made a mistake and it was it was okay. You made a mistake. It was not okay, but you learned from it. And right. I think that to me. As much as you know, I was like, you know, it's like, and deep down, I was like, oh, I think I, th- I would tell my wife, it's like, I think I think they're gonna do really good, you know, or they're doing really good. I'm telling like they're doing really good. These guys are really bringing the table, and I'm being pretty hard on them, you know. I'm like, hey, I, you know, I want this for tomorrow, and that's it. I mean, in the studio, sometimes it happens, and they really put their their skills to practice, and. Uh, and to me, it was it was uh, it was a pleasure and, and really a blast working with all with all the students that were a part of this project. I felt like uh, like part of the time it was more like I think they're doing really good, but I'm not going to tell them that yet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why why kill the momentum? You know. <laughs> One question I would I think I would like to know is how Pete felt taking on such a huge responsibility. Good question. Yeah. You know, like early on his career, I literally like, like, you know, I just said, congratulations, good luck. And then that's it. There was, you know, there was no, you know, if there was no, if, if there was no pat on the back, you get no pat on the back. If there was a pat on the back, you only got one pat. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, I think, so. I, I think it, um, it was like a sink or swim kind of thing. And um, it, I, I kind of learned very quickly that if anything goes wrong, that it, it's generally the lead's fault first uh-huh. and, and then it get, then it goes down the line um <laughs> but i think it was, it was really good it also made me pick up my game a lot more um and i if i was being organized before i had to just pick it up that extra notch to make sure that any problems that will might happen I had to like second guess that stuff happening and i think i benefited heavily from that especially in my in my work day um and my current job i, I like yeah, that has been a really, really beneficial part of it. What was most of the response that you got from our quote-unquote playtesters for this, Rick? Oh, they were impressed. I mean, like I said, FYI, this is student work. And, and a lot of them were like, like it's it's responsive. It's like it's it looks really cool. And, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and, and these are guys who are directors and, and or animation directors and, and – you know, real veterans, and they were like, "Wow!" and and they started giving comments like, "If we had a full production, it's like, hey, could you know, could you add this? It would be great to add this." And I had to reply, says, "Hey, by the way, we don't have sixty million dollars to do this. This is <laughs> this is just, you know, a bunch of our students gathering together, and and you know, if I come up with a, a, an idea, I say, hey, wouldn't it be great this? I literally would say, hey, Pete, could we find a way to to resolve this problem? And he just said yes." He says, "Okay, I'll look into it," and that's what happens in the studio. <laughs> the director is not going to say, "Oh, let me figure it out." He, he, you know, usually the director has the vision, and he, he's supposed to maintain that vision and and kind of represent the audience and make sure the audience like it and make all the calls, the right calls for that game. But it's the leads and, and the animators that are supposed to execute that vision, and if there's a problem, find a solution. You know, and that's what I want to do. Like I knew there was problems, but I'm I'm not going to go and solve it. I let them I let them solve it. That's it part out. of yeah. yeah. Figure it out because in the real world, that's what happens. And those who are able to not just uh, fix a problem, but find a solution, which is a big difference. Mm-hmm. A problem comes back, always comes back. But if you find a solution, 
then it doesn't come back. Those are the people that you want to hire. And, and I, you know, I just wanted to instill that those guys, you have to bring your A game every day. This is like a studio. You come in, you do what you need to do. You work and you make those points. You make those goals. Just be amazing. And that's it. I know it's, it sounds crazy and, you know, it might be hard, <laughs> but, but I think if you're able to hold yourself at that standard, when you go into the real world, and like Pete said, it, it really helped bring his his A game. It really brought him, helped him, you know, to grow as an artist. I think it's beneficial to really, you know, to have that type of uh, way of working. I guess. Yeah, I, I don't think there could be enough said from experience. There's a lot that can be taught and even learned, mm-hmm. but until you actually have that opportunity with experience, that can be uh, make all the difference in the world. So absolutely, definitely. Any uh, closing thoughts, guys, or, or other anecdotes and stories that you can share with us? Uh, do we have some stories? No. no, we can share some stories. <laughs> Every, everyone gets one story, and it should be a very nice story. <laughs> Rick, now that would not be very fun for our audience. Okay. They, they can share one each share a story, and I'm not going to make any comments. All right. And you won't hold it against them either? No, of course not. Okay. <laughs> Anyone want to jump in? I know. I think the moment that stands out to me was just the uh, the bad day to start with. That you know, we just like Pete said, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Something wasn't connecting. An animation was off. Uh, the anticipation was wrong on something. Something wasn't responsive. I mean, it was just like ten things in a row. And uh, we got kind of a, a virtual reaming, if you will. And uh, when that week, you know, I talked to Pete and Ryan a lot online, and we just okay, let's do this. We're gonna work on this. I've got this. You've got this. And uh, it helped too. Just we you know we got along. There was no egos. We just we're all easy to work with, and I think that helped us a whole lot just throughout the course of this. But then, you know, so putting in all this work, then the next week, showing it, and Rick was like this kid on Christmas morning. He was like <laughs> genuinely excited and happy and uh, just had this big old goofy smile on his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I'm loving here, though, that is just neat is here you are in Texas. Ryan's in New York. Peter's in New Zealand. And you're just talking about, hey, we we're on the online throughout and chatting, and uh, this is just that's just way cool to me that here are guys from around the world and are even off campus, so to speak, working together virtually. I think it's just amazing. Now, with this not being a real world production, what was motivating you? Just how to, I mean, help us out here. Uh, motivational thing for me was getting this done and doing it right. Okay. And doing based on the, the vision of the project. That was the biggest thing for me. Is And also, uh, not only that, but also improving myself, pushing myself beyond my constraints, thinking outside the box for, for my animations and really pushing myself from what I've been taught and learned and I animate and then even more so uh, for this. Because I want this to really shine and I want this to represent us or, you know, all of us. Nice. Mm-hmm. Peter? When I was actually part on the games workshop and I saw like the project loom there and I was like, Oh, when I finish my workshop three, I'm going to, I'm going to have a go at that. Um, but then I never, like I just moved across the world and I never got chance. And then, um, Rick sent an email asking if anyone was interested in just, yeah, just get another opportunity to be like mentored by Rick and to actually do what, to work on something which will be working as a showreel online. Like it's just great, really great opportunity. Absolutely. Rick, any closing thoughts, man, before we let these guys go? Well, um, 
first of all, thank you for not making me sound really mean because I'm a really nice guy. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And, and it's true. I'm nice. So any rumors anyone hears or those who are in my workshop, it's not true. I'm a very nice guy. Um, no. Rick is not mean. Rick just doesn't hide his feelings. No. <laughs> there you go. That's good. It's just no. the shadow of death you got to look out for. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, what I really want to say is uh, two things. One, thank you guys for for committing, for really putting your yourself out there. And I think that that was brave and and you came with open mind. And I I truly appreciate that. And I think that all the students um, who are going to listen to this podcast appreciate that you opened up and, and shared your, your thoughts and. Secondly, I think uh, the work that they did, you know, you can play it online is really, uh, I think they did a fantastic job. They did something that um, really I don't think of anyone has done before. No, no student or or I can't think of a, a, any any school that made a, a project with their students and put it online where the world can see and test it and yeah. really put their their thoughts. And these guys really worked not just hard but they they work smart and and they learn they picked up a lot of experience i think you guys what makes i animate great is, is our students really Absolutely. all right well go check out project loon l-u-n-e check it out give us some feedback and i, I think what a neat experience i mean most of, like you're saying here most of the time someone is able to do something like this they, they're in a studio they're they've been this is their actual real world game and so for you guys to be able to have this opportunity and to be able to put something online that's in that level is pretty phenomenal as students here so uh, yeah. congratulations guys and remember, you need uh, to get the best experience. Make sure you have like an Xbox controller plugged into your PC uh, when you try it. All right. Well, guys, thank you very much for your time. And again, we're looking forward to seeing what this uh, does for you and for uh, the future here of Miami. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for everything. Thanks for having us. All Definitely. right. Thanks, Larry. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.